There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In three, two, one. Seven things you really ought to know about Charles's rocky road to the kingdom. I'm Jamie East and this is the Smarter Seven. This episode looks at the life and times of Charles Philip Arthur George Windsor, now officially known as King Charles III. I, Charles, do solemnly and sincerely, in the presence of God, profess, testify and declare that I am a faithful Protestant, and that I will, according to the true intent of the enactments which secure the Protestant succession to the throne, uphold and maintain the said enactments to the best of my powers, according to law. He was born in Buckingham Palace and christened in the music room, and is certainly a contender for the world's most patient man, as he finally ascended the throne at a sprightly 74 years old. For all you fact fans out there, that's one year older than Bruce Springsteen. To Princess Elizabeth, heiress presumptive to the throne, a son had been born. Glad news that was soon echoing round the world. The distinction between Charles's life and career is like a shift in quicksand plane, one that maybe works to his advantage sometimes, but has also left him somewhat stuck at others. His path to the throne hasn't been a straightforward one, and we're going to take a look at some of the drama, scandals and missteps that happened along the way. Charles became heir apparent at the age of just three when his grandfather, King George, died. Shortly after midnight... The world heard the broadcast announcement. Death has come peacefully to the king at 11.55 on Monday the 20th of January 1936. Since then, his life's been scrutinised and observed for every detail that might give the public clues and information about their future king. The first future monarch to be educated at school rather than by private tutors, Charles was sent to Cheam boarding school aged eight. He was made the Prince of Wales at the age of nine by the Queen and was later sent to a boarding school in Scotland. Gordonstown is the royal choice, the school in northeastern Scotland to which the Duke of Edinburgh went himself. This is where Prince Charles will be in the next summer term and be treated the same as all the other 400 boys. Whilst at Gordonston, he went on a trip on the school yacht to the Isle of Lewis. He went with some other boys to the Crown Hotel in Stormaway, where he was spotted by a tabloid reporter ordering alcohol at the age of 14. This was the first real splash the young heir made in the public eye. The news leaked out and caused shockwaves, resulting in the dismissal of the prince's bodyguard. Charles later said he'd been asked what drink he'd like and said the first drink that came to my head because I'd drunk it before, when it was cold out shooting, as you do. Charles met Camilla Shand in the summer of 1971. They fell in love but separated when Charles joined the Navy. It's said Camilla wasn't deemed a suitable choice for him by some of his family as she wasn't a virgin. Charles was encouraged by Lord Mountbatten to sow his wild oats before settling and opting for a suitable and sweet-charactered girl. At age 29, Charles met the 16-year-old Diana Spencer. He continued his affair with Camilla until, under pressure to marry, he proposed to Diana in February 1981. Just delighted and, and happy. And I, I, I'm amazed that she's uh, been brave enough to take me on. 
And I suppose in love. Of course. <laughs> Whatever in love means. <laughs> Charles and Diana had two sons, and according to Charles's biographer Sally Bedell Smith, Charles and Camilla resumed their affair in 1986. The bombshell Andrew Morton book Diana, Her True Story, was published in 1992. Why publicity has already been given to the claims in the book due out in the shops tomorrow that the Princess of Wales attempted suicide on five occasions. But it also alleges the Prince of Wales was so incensed when the Queen appeared to rule out abdication in her last Christmas broadcast, he refused to speak to her for several days and blamed it on the state of his marriage. No source is given for that claim. It also alleges the princess distrusts the Queen Mother as being what the book calls the font of all negative comment. And shortly after, in 1993, a recorded phone conversation between Charles and Camilla caused a sensation across the world. The Daily Mirror has published excerpts of what it claims is an intimate 1989 telephone conversation between the prince and his former girlfriend, Camilla Parker Bowles. Buckingham Palace has refused to comment. Other tabloids have reported that Mrs. Parker Bowles is less than affectionate about the princess. That ridiculous creature, she's alleged to have said. And Diana calls Camilla the Rottweiler, says another. Professional In the call, they were discussing how much they need each other when Charles said, oh God, I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. Camilla replied, what are you going to turn into, a pair of knickers? Are you going to come back as a pair of knickers? Charles then said, well, God forbid, a Tampax, just my luck. No kink shaming here, but we did warn you. As future king, Charles' life's always been a negotiation between his private life and public, his personal and professional self. Here he is talking in response to a question about his affair with Camilla one year after the leaked phone call. And the trouble is, you see, that these things, again, as I was saying earlier, are so personal. It's, it's difficult to know quite how to, you know, to talk about these things in, in front of everybody. And obviously, I don't think many people would want to. But I mean, all I can say is that... The, the, there's been so much um, speculation, feeding on every other kind of speculation that it all becomes bigger and bigger. I mean, all I could say is um, that uh, I mean there is no truth in 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 so much of this. That blurry line between life and careers helped the palace guard the opacity of his so-called private wealth. The Guardian recently estimated it at around £1.8 billion, a number the King's spokesperson said was a highly creative mix of speculation, assumption and inaccuracy. We'll probably never know the number for certain thanks to that quicksand. The duchy consists of more than 52,000 hectares of land, 260 farms and leases worth £345 million pounds of commercial property. Under Charles' authority, the duchy collected assets worth more than a billion pounds. It an investigation by the Guardian newspaper this week has revealed that King Charles and the late Queen Elizabeth received about £1 billion from a number of estates that some Brits believe... But as her eldest son, Charles inherited the Queen's private estates, her much-loved castle in Balmoral, Scotland, where she died, as well as Sandringham in eastern England home to the thoroughbred horse farm known as the Royal Studs. King Charles is also expected to inherit her enormous private collection of jewellery, art, rare stamps and any... Upon the death of his mum, the Queen, he inherited not only a crown or two or three and job for life should he choose to accept it, but also a vast amount of private wealth and assets upon which he wasn't required to pay any inheritance tax. A 1993 clause gives 
monarchs a chance to dodge taxes on assets left by the predecessor. So Buckingham Palace refused to provide details of the value of these assets, stating they should remain private as they do for any other individual. However, with such a unique exemption from inheritance tax, we have to ask a question, just how much is Charles just like any other individual? They're known as the Black Spider Memos, letters scrawled in his own handwriting, the words of a man accused of being a meddling prince. Surrounded by a web of political intrigue, now Charles's memos to ministers will have to be made public. In 2015, The Guardian won a 10-year legal battle against the government, which resulted in the so-called Black Spider Memos being publicly released under a Freedom of Information request. The memos, referred to as Black Spider because of the Prince's famous scrawly writing, revealed communication between Charles and top politicians in which he lobbied to influence policies. The letters from between 2004 and 2005 showed that Charles used his position of privilege to intervene in issues from agriculture and badger culling to military equipment being used in the Iraq war and his personal passion, alternative herbal medicines. People who were in Westminster at the time who say that in some instances these letters went straight to the top of the ministerial in-tray and that things did happen in relation to responding certainly to Prince Charles. Just how he was viewed across government of course is very difficult to gauge but it is something... Replies from politicians and even the then Prime Minister Tony Blair revealed that his voice was widely respected and did have an effect on decisions made in Parliament. So as much as the monarch is supposed to remain politically neutral and not interfere in matters of politics because you know no one elected them, here he was directly intervening in policy making despite the fact his opinions should really hold no more sway in government than your average Joe down the pub. Neither the politicians nor the prince really liked this being quite so transparent to the public and in 2010 the Freedom of Information Act was amended so that certain communications relating to the Queen, heir and second heir could be exempt from this law. Still to come on this Smarter 7 special royal edition, family problems as we focus on Prince Andrew and Harry. Right after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In 2021, Charles came under fire as allegations emerged that a Saudi businessman, Mahfouz Murray Mubarak bin Mahfouz, had paid tens of thousands of pounds to fixers with links to then-Prince Charles. The fixers allegedly offered him a possible knighthood and help in his pursuit of gaining British citizenship in exchange for the generous donations. Bin Mahfouz was given a CBE in 2016 by Charles in a private ceremony at Buckingham Palace. She's supposed to be celebrating her 70 years of service. Instead, she's dealing with another son caught up in another scandal. This time, it's Prince Charles and the role of his foundation in a cash for honours story that began... Clarence House denied Charles knew of this deal and the alleged fixer, Michael Fawcett, stepped down from his duties when it all came to light. In the end, Mahfouz didn't receive a knighthood or citizenship and hasn't been accused of any wrongdoing. 
The future king, Prince Charles, facing scandal. The UK's charity regulator saying this morning they're, quote, reviewing the information around the prince's acceptance of cash donations from Qatar's former prime minister. The Sunday Times in June last year, it was reported that Charles accepted £2.6 million in bags of cash during meetings with former Qatari Prime Minister Sheikh Hamad bin Jassim bin Tabur Al Thani back in 2015. A Clarence House spokesperson said the money was passed immediately to one of the prince's charities who carried out the appropriate covenants and ensured us that all the correct processes were followed. The Metropolitan Police investigated the matter and have now handed it to the Crown Prosecution Service. These kinds of stories have raised eyebrows about rich people's ability to buy their way into high society in London through the now King to try and gain sway, influence or prestige. In 2011, a photograph was published by the Mail on Sunday which shows Prince Andrew, Charles's younger brother, with his arms around 17-year-old Virginia Jeffrey's waist. In the background is Ghislaine Maxwell standing behind them. It was said to have been taken by Jeffrey Epstein in 2001. Epstein had been convicted three years prior to the release of the photograph of procuring a child for prostitution and soliciting a prostitute. It emerged that after he was released from this conviction, Prince Andrew went and stayed with him at his house. In an attempt to rebuild his public image, Prince Andrew did a pre-recorded BBC interview with Emily Maitlist in which she asked him about his decision to stay in Epstein's house even after he'd been convicted as a sex offender. And this was his response. Um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, but at the time, I felt it was the, the honourable and right thing to do. And I, I admit fully that, 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 that my judgement was probably coloured by my... Um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. It didn't hold much sway in public opinion. Giuffre later went on to accuse Prince Andrew of having sexually assaulted her on three occasions when she was just 17. Andrew denied these allegations. An American woman has filed a civil lawsuit in New York accusing Prince Andrew of sexual abuse. In a statement, Virginia Dufre claims she was trafficked to the prince by the convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein when he when she was 17. The Duke of York has consistently The case was settled privately with Andrew paying Dufre's charity an undisclosed sum of money. Andrew had stepped back from royal duties in 2019 amid all of this and was reportedly told by Charles just some days before the death of the Queen that this was permanent and he wouldn't return to royal duties. Whilst this case is to do with Andrew and not Charles, it's one of the big bumps in the road for the royal family as a whole in recent years because it further melted away any veneer of them as some ideal modern family unit which we should all look up towards. Instead, they became seen in the eyes of many as a rich family with direct links to a huge sexual abuse scandal, another institution with powerful individuals exploiting their wealth and influence. Remember that quicksand, you know, the blurry line between public and private that's defined Charles's life and career? Well, this final one falls squarely in both camps. It's a defining chapter of his role as a father, heir to the throne and now the head of the monarchy. A deal has been agreed on the future of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex who are to step down as working royals in the spring. Buckingham Palace confirmed on Saturday that Prince Harry and his wife Meghan will no longer receive public funds. They won't use their royal titles either. They've also said that they want to pay back taxpayers' money spent on renovating their home in Windsor. They plan to Prince spend Harry most of their time living in he had to step back Canada. from royal duties because his mental health was being destroyed by the British press. In an interview with the chat show host James Corden on American television, 
The prince said his decision to move to America was about stepping back, not stepping down. And then an interview with Oprah blasted a gaping hole into the side of the family. Hold up, hold up. There's Stop several right now. There are several conversations. There's a about conversation it. with you, with Harry, about how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. Ooh. Suddenly, the image of the royal family as inclusive and modern crumpled. They were accused of being racist and stuck in the past. In 2021, the historian David Olishoga said about the couple, at the couple's wedding, the nation looked confident, modern and at ease with multiculturalism. Was living up to that image really so difficult? In the same interview, when asked about his relationship with his father, this was Harry's response. There's a lot to work through there. You know, I, I feel really let down because he's been through something similar. He knows what pain feels like. My father and my brother, they are trapped. <laughs> they don't get to leave. And I have huge compassion for that. The story demonstrates some of the ongoing tensions embedded in our monarchy. The representation of tradition and continuity whilst trying to remain relevant and adapt to the modern world as views around things like colonialism shift. Also, the tension between wanting to remain an exemplar of family life, keeping things private, while also living life under the constant glare of camera lenses. Think back to what Charles said in his pre-marriage interview with Diana in 1981. Knowing for years that the camera's poking at you from every quarter and recording every twitch you make. So you can get used to a certain extent and on those occasions you accept that that's part of it. I think if you don't try to work out in your own mind some kind of method for existing and surviving this kind of thing, you you would go mad, I think. So, on the weekend that Charles Philip Arthur George Windsor finally officially became King Charles III, amidst rows over protesters being arrested, debate over a public oath of allegiance, and a feast of pomp and spectacle, the question is, what will the new king do next? God save the king! God save the king! This special episode was researched and written by Flora Zajcek and produced by Daph Doris. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with your regular Smart 7. Hit that follow button. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.